We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I'm Alan Sislowski from Rotowire.com. On this episode of the Rotowire Dynasty Fantasy Football Podcast, brought to you by Underdog Fantasy, my guest is Jordan McNamara from the Football Guys Dynasty Show and the analytics of dynasty.com. Jordan is known for his team building guide, which he sells over the analytics of dynasty.com slash shop, where it's a comprehensive guide on how to become a better dynasty player. Everything from just not just scouting reports, but also how to detect certain profiles, bus risk, hit rates, everything you can imagine, and we go over some of that today. And right now you can get 10% off his team building guide by using promo code Allen. A-L-A-N. That's right, me. I get my own promo code. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this conversation about bus rates, hits rates, and which players in the first round of your dynasty rookie drafts are most likely to hit and which ones are most likely to bust. I want you to throw cold water on everyone's rookie draft or up the bat here and then we'll get into a little bit more details but just right off the bat I know you've done the digging and I've tried to explain this I think you do the best job explain why and the actual numbers behind rookie dynasty drafts and why you're more likely to miss than you are to hit yeah, well, thanks for having me. Um, you oh, know, it's always it's always good to be here, um, and I always enjoy our chats. So, uh, yeah, I think I'll be able to get through this one. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So, I mean, here's the. So, I I think it's really important to understand in Dynasty just to understand expectations, right? And you know, so in the you know, and and honestly, this all stems from right my work in Dynasty, my work with the analytics Dynasty. The reason that I started writing, the reason I started recording podcasts, was the reason I started. Uh, you know, and I now I work at Football Guys, and I wrote a you know I've written the the uh, analytics Dynasty yearly guides. It all stemmed from. Also, just so you know, in the podcast version of this, I'm going to mm-hmm. give you that full intro with everything okay. as well. So. You're, you're hearing this on the audio podcast. You've, you've, you've been properly introduced. This isn't just the cold <laughs> open it is on the video. <laughs> That's fine. The, uh, I say all of that because the reason that all came to be was because I drafted uh, Kiaris Garrett at 207 in a rookie draft. Now, if you're thinking to yourself, who is Kiaris Garrett? It's a great question. Kiaris Garrett never recorded an NFL snap, uh, stat in the NFL. Okay, he never. No, well, he, I I feel like I know some football, but who was Kiaris Garrett? Was it a wide receiver? I don't even. He's know a wide he... receiver. He was an undrafted free agent from Carolina, and he um, and I got so into you know trying to study rookie drafts, trying to understand everything that I convinced myself to draft an undrafted free agent at two oh seven in a rookie draft. Now I've fortunately come a long way from that but that lesson taught me something right to understand expectations right to kind of understand the odds and you know the the importance of draft pedigree at the importance of making uh you know the proper bet so i actually detailed the story in the in the team building guide this year which was um it's it brought back memories listen uh, there's each position has a different expectation in terms of your odds of hitting you know i use just the odds that you produce a starter season you know at, at running back and wide receiver a top 24 seasonal finish and a uh 
quarterback, a top 12 and a top uh, a quarterback and tight end top 12 seasonal finishes. I just use them as kind of benchmarkers of like, are you fantasy relevant? Um, and what you see is right. There's a really clear uh, connection between draft pedigree and production, right? It changes a little bit by position, right? A first round running back is really going to have the best odds of anyone historically to, to have success. Um, and then really what it does is, and I think one of the key things, you know, if you could just kind of understand this, the odds of hitting um, are equal uh, for one running back draft round later than the wide receiver. So running back one is you know, first round running backs on their own tier. And then uh, second round running back, first round wide receiver, they match in hit rates. Yeah. Uh, third round uh, running back, second round wide receiver, they match in hit rates, right? So if you kind of can sort of conceptualize that, that will, I think that, that avoids you making big misses. And then generally speaking, I don't think you want to draft. Yeah. If you're drafting someone, um, you know, at a position way ahead of another player that, uh, you know, has better draft pedigree. Right. So, so if you're like, for example, round- so if you're, I was going to say, so if you're drafting like a fourth round running back, like Damian Pierce's profile last year over Jahan Dotson, something like that, which right. was a Jahan first round Dotson or, you know, James Cook would have been a good one. Like people probably, there's people that probably made that bet. Um, you know, and, and again, it might work out in a one size, you know, in a, in a one-off situation, but generally speaking, that's a bad bet to make. Um, and so you just kind of have to, you know, understand those things, right? There's a lot of different risks that go along with being drafted later. So kind of understanding all of those. And what you realize is that there's like only a first round running backs, uh, and then really, uh, first and second round running backs and then first round wide receivers and the tight ends and the quarterbacks, depending on how you want to measure them, right? Those guys, uh, they're the only ones that are better than 50% chance of hitting outside of that, right? You're, you're missing a lot more than you're hitting. So just really be sort of conscious of that. Well, let me ask you, why is the round number? So it's such an arbitrary line. Like, so if somebody's drafted it and I'm going to use an extreme example here, cause I want you to clarify it. If a running back is drafted at pick 30, which is the first round versus pick 36, which is the second round. I mean, it could just be a, a question of which one of those teams needed a running back. Why is the, arbitrary line this is round one this is round two shouldn't it be more like hey if you're drafted generally in the top 50 picks why is it always round one? i use the same i've heard it said a million times and and maybe the statistics bear it out but why is that arbitrary round one round two really the difference maker well a couple of things um round there's a difference between round one and round two in the sense of um a the commitment a team makes right there's a you know just you you're, have a sunk cost of a first round pick on a player versus a sunk cost of a day two pick on a player, right? That is a, that is a, a difference. So that's one thing. The second thing, there's a fifth year option, right? That is a difference in those players that, that protects, insulates potentially those players more than, um, you know, a, a, a round two guy who doesn't have that option, right? So there is some differences there. One of the things that you notice, and there's been a lot of work on this. I've done some, I've seen people do, more thorough work on it. Um, the the intro round, right? The intro round hit rate, right? So if you're to just take first round running backs, or you're to just take first round wide receivers, um, there really isn't a difference in the hit rate as the round goes along, which would be odd, right? You would think that that would be the guys drafted higher in the round would perform better than the guys drafted lower in the round. Um, I think there's a couple of things that that go along with that that explain that. Number one, the guys going later in the in the round are going to better teams. Um, better teams have better quarterbacks. Better teams have more stable coaching situations. And so what you see is all of those things. I think can really benefit guys going later in the round than early in the round. Right? Those things are all while the while the player earlier in the round probably has better raw talent. I think the situation and all the factors that go into, you know, uh, supporting player performance uh, actually help players later in the round. So I think that that's a little bit of it, Uh, but, but the great example, like uh, one of the best examples I think of this ever happening is Hakeem Butler. I think he was drafted with the first pick on, and round four, if memory serves, it was like the first or second, I think it was the Kyler Murray. It was the first pick of round of round four. And everyone was like, well, he's basically a third round guy. And I'm like, "Uh, uh, 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 uh." 
that's not how it works. And, you know, and we, and we see that and, you know, there's, again, there's like a huge difference between third and fourth round wide receivers. I mean, that's a, that's a grand Canyon size chasm between those Hmm. two, um, you know, those two spots. And right. It was very easy to say, you don't, you don't give Hakeem Butler. No one else gave Hakeem Butler the benefit of the doubt. Only losing dynasty managers would give him the benefit of the doubt. You know, it's uh, what our friend Matt Kelly calls him Hakeem Bustler. So, I mean, yeah. that was his. Uh, yeah, and doesn't that apply to also like Antonio Gibson, right? He was like the first or second pick of the third round. And, you know, people are like, oh, it's basically a second round running back where because it's running back, it doesn't apply or is it the same principle? Um, it's, it's the same again, running backs a little bit harder to tell with some of these things because the sample size is a lot smaller, right? There's just more wide receivers drafted than there are running backs. Um, but I I generally think that that's true. And so like, how do you, how do you sort of play this out? You know, like last year, like I'm big on drafting day two running backs, right? I think that day two running backs historically, if you look where they've gone in rookie drafts, like you look where they go in ADP, they tend to outperform, uh, they're the, the players that go around them, uh, and they tend to outperform the expectation of the pick that they go with. Um, a couple of things are important about that. I use, I, I use a, a hit rate, a top 24 seasonal finish as just sort of a benchmark, uh, because we need to have a benchmark, right? You can't just say, well, he's a good value. Like that doesn't, that, that uh, you know, that's that's frustrating for me because I don't think that really tells people anything. Um, so you need a, a certain threshold to say, you know, kind of here's your odds. At least that's how I how I view it. Um, when you look, though, at running backs, running backs are different than wide receivers because uh, Samaji P. Rand's a really good example of this. I mean, Latavius Murray is a really mm-hmm. good example of this. He's actually my 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 company's logo, um, his his <laughs> stat line from 2019. Um because what you see is running backs, uh, you know, it's a week to week game at, at running back, right? So if a guy gets injured, the next guy up, right? He's usually lineup viable, right? So right. if well, you're saying if that like running backs are more projectable week to week, wide receivers yes. are more projectable year to year. Yes. And so what that, what that does for you is uh, if you're choosing between a running back and a wide receiver, right? Especially like if it's a flex consideration, right? As we're sitting here right now and it's March, we don't necessarily know in week nine who we're going to put in our flex position. But there's a really good chance that if you rostering running backs, you're going to get someone that's going to get a clarified start or have a really good opportunity. And you'll be able to kind of play some matchup stuff by doing that. Right. If you're at wide receiver and you're just sort of if you're trying to stream wide receiver, that stuff's a lot less predictable, right? That's a lot mm-hmm. harder to get. So much of it's dependent on, you know, did the guy score a touchdown, right? Like it becomes very difficult. So what you see is the difference between the positions is also important because I think the running back, you know, there's running back hits that right? if you, if you're a, a wide receiver and you don't get a top 24 finish, you're probably not relevant. Um, you're not moving the needle. If you're a running back that doesn't finish with a top 24 seasonal finish, you can still be very, very impactful. Right? In those and short windows, that, you mean, right? Like Latavius Murray yes. could have three weeks of top 12 production, finish the season yep. as running back 40, and still have been more valuable than wide receiver 32 for you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and so that's – I use uh, a metric called WARP, but it's actually um, – another metric that goes along with it called a warp, which is really just adjusted wins over replacement. Um, and what you see is that really draws out the positional advantage of, of running backs over wide receivers in, in those ranges. Right. And it's sort of, um, I think, I think it really can, um, it has changed the way that I sort of positionally view these, these positions. So, um, so yeah, I mean, it's a, I think it's a very, uh, you know, you have to be, you have to understand, I think the key to it is understanding your expectations and sort of what you're getting into. Right? And so if you're selling veteran players for, uh, for picks, right. What, what bet are you really making there? Right. Again, that's not to say that's always the wrong bet, but you kind of have to understand what you're, what you're seeking to get, what you're seeking to accomplish there. You know, you just go back, like, again, I think Latavius Murray is the greatest example of this ever. Um, you can actually look like Tim Hightower was this like years right. and years and years ago in a week 16 game, but Latavius Murray uh, week seven and eight, of uh 2019 uh he averaged 34.4 points per game in those two weeks uh that was running back one that was running back one by uh almost 10 points better than the running back two in that stretch and so if you had him like Kamara was out right if you had Latavius Murray and you put Latavius Murray in your lineup 
uh, you're pro you're at least one and one probably. Um, and most likely you got a really good shot of being two and oh, right. Uh, because that's just a huge advantage in a flex, right. And that's what you were doing. So, um, so that's kind of the difference of the positions, right. So again, you know, while you're sort of grading them all on the same number, I think a top 24 finish means something different for a running back than it does for a wide receiver. But also like if you're, when you're looking at seasonal finishes, right. And I think that you actually answered this question. Cause I was going to say running back like 17 doesn't really help you win a championship. Whereas wide receiver 17 does, but the, the difference really is, is that was the running back projectable in two, you know, in two to three week window pockets where Khalil Herbert saved your season when David Montgomery went out a couple seasons yep. ago, right? Like it, it, it buoyed your team from losing two in a row to possibly at minimum going one and one. So and, and you guys have uh, brought this up on the, uh, on the Football Guys Dynasty podcast, too, is that generally wide receiver points are cheaper to buy than running back points um, for that exact reason. Meaning, you know, when you get into uh, the trade market, everybody needs running backs. I don't care what team you are. You always need a running back, right, especially mm-hmm. with all the attrition and the injuries. So I guess really is how do we value that in our, in our dynasty rookie drafts? And how do we know which players are – more likely and less likely to bust. You talked about draft pedigree. So if somebody didn't even study the tape or look at the analytics, can mm-hmm. can we just look at the order these guys are drafted in? Just say start with the running backs and say, okay, I want this guy because he was drafted uh, 15 spots or 22 spots ahead of this guy. Is the draft order the most important thing when we're looking at this stuff? Uh, I think the draft, the, the, the round is. So it doesn't matter is. if you're pick – 38 versus, you know, pick 59, right? right? When you're looking at those two guys that you're going to look at those as equal bets. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, yes. And, and the benefit that you usually get from that is the one guy's cheaper, right? Like the guy that's drafted at 50 is cheaper than the guy that's his, you know, usually um, than drafted at 38. Right. Um, again. So I, I sort of use that as a benchmarker. Like I, I, I say, um, you know, my wife doesn't, know a tight end from you know a kicker she wouldn't she has no idea but if i gave her like a handful of like a couple of rules right i think that she could uh you know just sort of blindly implement the rules and kind of finish middle of the pack right and one of them would be like all right just sort of follow the draft pedigree and just when you get a chance like you know never basically differ from the round of the best guy available. Right. And I I think that, that, that will leave you with better odds. Right. And again, that's not to say like their stories are like Damian Pierce, their stories are like Tyler Algier, those types um, that, that can be successful, right. 20% hit rates happen one out of every five times, right. That they will happen. Right. Um, (laughs) But, um, but, but, you know, would you rather bet on a coin flip or would you rather bet on a 20, you know, uh, a pick in the right side of a dice, right? I mean, that's, that's kind of like how I view this, right? Like, uh, and so you much rather take the higher percentage bets and they, they add up, right? When you do that, right? When you see good dynasty GMs making, you know, the right just probability bets over and over and over again, like, you know, they, they are, there's a reason that, that people use this as a retirement account right there's a few reason that people use this as a vacation fund right because they're making consistently the right bets and over time that adds up right and i think that's very true in dynasty so i think you know drafting by round you know one thing that i have been uh i've had a tough time sort of with doing uh historically i'm trying to do it more and more i'm trying to really push my my comfort level on it it's not trying to pick favorites um, and so like, I'll use a good example. I really like Jalen Rager in the class, uh, where, where it was Judy lamb and Jefferson and spoiler alert, Rager was the wrong choice. Uh, and so the, one of the lessons that I took from that was I wanted, wanted to go back and really understand why that was the wrong bet. And one of the things that I found was when you look at wide receivers drafted in the first round, you know, just what I said, uh, they, they perform randomly. Okay. And so again, there's additional stuff that you can look at, you know, breakout when they, when they broke out, right. There's a really good uh, breakout stat called dominator rating, uh, which is basically, you know, the percentage of your team's yardage that you had in a year. Um, Yep. Plus the touchdowns, your market share of touchdowns, you know, percentage of your team's touchdowns divided by two, right. The average. um, And that gives you your dominator rating, right. Historically guys that have 
broken out earlier, right? If you, if someone gets to like 20% at 18 or 19 years old, uh, they have historically performed much better than guys that have done that later. Okay. So I sort of better in the NFL, you mean, right? Correct. Correct. Yes. Yeah. That carries over to the NFL. So basically if you're good younger, right. You're, there's a better chance that you're good in the NFL, right. Which makes sense. Right. And so, you know, you don't want a 23 year old breakout guy, right. That's, that's kind of, you don't want a guy that that had his best year when he was 23 years old and you're like, Oh, look, he's going to, he's turned over a new leaf. Like that usually isn't what happens. It's usually, that's why Jackson Smith and Jig was really compelling because as a really young player, he was the best, uh, he was the best receiver in a on a depth chart that that uh, is going to have two four features two top top twenty, right? That features yeah, two yeah. top uh, twelve dynasty receivers. So, you know, Correct. Olave and Garrett Correct. Wilson, right? Okay, Correct. He was and, and he did that from a young age. Yeah. So so like I go back to that class and I look at the I look at that class and I say, okay, Rager, Judy, Lamb, and Jefferson all sort of fit that, right? They all sort of had that breakout, you know, before they were twenty years old. Um, I really like to now sort of push myself and say, instead of picking one, right, just take one. Okay. Mm -hmm. So instead of picking my favorite of those guys, they're going to perform about, uh, they're going to perform pretty close. And the variations in those things are going to be very difficult to predict. So take the guy that's cheaper, right? So what did that mean? Uh, Judy uh, for Justin Jefferson, the pick that ended up being Justin Jefferson in a second, right? That was something mm-hmm. that I, I tactically did a couple of times when Rager was off the board. I wish I'd done it when Rager was on the board, right? Um, the same thing, again, that class is a really good one. And I might even go back and like write an entire chapter about that class and about why it explains everything. But the quarterbacks is a good example. Like Justin Herbert um, was like, you could have traded the pick that was Jonathan Taylor or the pick that was, uh, Joe Burrow or the pick that was Clyde Edwards Alaire in that class and taken Justin Herbert and Justin Jefferson. That was absolutely, right. you might've even gotten more than that. Right. The two first four one, one is what you're saying. Right. One, one, it could have been one, two, one, three. Like I think you could have gotten, you could have gotten eight and nine in that draft class easily mm-hmm. um, from, from uh, those picks. And, right. when, right. and when you think it, about it a couple of years later, Clyde Edwards Hilaire for Jefferson and, and Herbert, obviously it seems absurd, but those are real things that can happen using Absolutely. these probability bets. Absolutely. So I, I think so more and more, like I've I've tended to say instead of trying to pick favorites at wide receivers, I'm just gonna pick one, right? I'm gonna take one. Instead of trying to pick one, I'm gonna try and just right. take one. And I think that that mindset that's something I've really tried to challenge myself to. Again, I like Jackson Smith and Jigbo, but I'm in the back of my mind, like with a, with a hammer, I'm sort of hitting myself and saying, be careful, be careful, be careful. Like, you know, you know, and that's why I, I, you know, never trade up in rookie drafts for a wide receiver. That's always a losing bet, right. For, for all of these reasons, like that's, I think some of the tactics behind it. Right. And even Jamar chase in Superflex drafts was like pick six in the, his rookie year. Mm-hmm. I mean, and yes. you would, people were aggressively pounding the table and for good reason, taking Zach Wilson over, Jamar Chase, I mean, a couple of years later, that looks like a, a foolish bet. But, you know, you can't just have like, hey, I'm going to take the quarterback every time if, you know, the trade back. I know those are two different positions and in Superflex yeah. generally you want to take. And, and that's why Kenny Pickett last year was an interesting play because he wasn't a top 10 quarterback, but he was a first round quarterback. So when you get into these the 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 bus rates, like because there's a lot of people doing their Superflex rookie drafts now. How do you treat you talked a little bit about a running back, you talked a little bit about wide receiver with quarterback. It's not the round necessarily as it is where in the first round they are drafted. Can you just dice that up a little bit and, and under, to get people to understand what the bus rate is? And when I say bus rate, I mean, for quarterback, it has to be what a top 15 finish. What's your metric? I usually use like 10, right? I, I, I like yeah. easy numbers to remember. So 10, I think if you went and like put it at 12, Right. I think there's probably, you know, you look at where like Mahomes and Watson went, I think it was like 10 and 12 that year. Um, you know, Justin Fields was 11. Right. So that, that, what I meant though, uh, Jordan, I think, was yeah. what's a hit is, is a hit for fantasy football, the top 15. Like, what would you consider? Oh, I'm a sorry. Yes. I misunderstood what you mean. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, I used the top 12 seasonal finish. Um, QB1. Yeah, a, a, a QB1 finish, right? Uh, again, different QB1 finishes mean different things, right? So, um, but you want to sort of, you know, you're, um, we're looking at sort of like minimum viability, right? We're looking at, is this guy a viable fantasy option? Um, and I, that's a, a pretty good marker of it. Uh, and so, um, you know, what you see there is you're trying to get that, you know, those guys uh, about 60, 40, top 10 guys, 
right? Is is about your is about your hit rate. Wow, it's that it's that low. It's only yeah. if, if you're a top ten drafted quarterback, you're only going to be a hit, meaning a top twelve fantasy quarterback, sixty percent of the time. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. that is painful. About 65 percent, depending on kind of when you want to measure it from, right? And again, yeah. like go back to the Josh Allen class, right? There was four of them, only one of them hit, right? Like, mm. you know, and and so, um, and so it's really tough. Like that is a tough debate, like. Uh, and so like the Zach Wilson, Jamar chase one is a really like, that is a, that's a tough question to me <laughs> because a, you're drafting at a premium position, right? B your odds, you know, just if you're to randomly select those guys are, are probably better at the quarterback position, right? It's a more right. meaningful position historically. Um, and so like, I actually got caught a little bit last year in like the mid first again, Kenny Pickett wasn't a top 10 guy, but he was the only guy. Right. And so it was a really interesting question of like, again, I didn't have a great answer for this. Mm. Um, but what do you do? Do you take like, again, so my approach was, I don't necessarily know between Garrett. Well, you know, I, I thought Drake London was clearly the best guy. He had top 10 pedigree. It's a little, you know, all his metrics point to him being the best guy. I believe that. So I sort of, I didn't take much of him up there, but that was sort of my position. And then I thought everyone else kind of blends in. Um, but here's the difference, though, is that when you were doing London versus uh, Pickett, Pickett was QB1 in the class, even though the draft yep. pedigree was lower, right. whereas Zach Wilson in fantasy was was the QB4 that year, or the QB3. He was, he was, uh, wasn't there like three other quarterbacks easily going yeah. before him? It was Lawrence, Fields was going ahead of him, and Lance, and Lance right? Also, yeah. it was the QB4 versus the wide receiver one. It's a different argument. Yeah, it is. It is. Um, but it's, it's, again, it's a different argument too, because Pickett went so late, you know what I mean? Right. So it's, it's a tough, right. It's, it's interesting. So again, I like to just sort of every year is going to be different. Right. So, and so I think kind of going back and like looking at kind of the, the idea of the numbers, um, one of the things that I think too, is like, you know, if push comes to shove, you start looking at odds, right. The last thing I always ask myself when I don't know the, the answer to the question, I say, which one's the most scarce, right? Which one can I, which one's the hardest one to replace? Um, it's almost never wide receiver, right? It's it's usually a quarterback, you know, tight end premium. It's usually a tight end, right? Um, it's almost never a wide receiver. So I tend to break ties against wide receivers, like when it's close, because I think that that you know that they're they're not scarce, right? They're not scarce. So that's that's the sort of thing that I go with. So again, Pickett, right? Was it Pickett or Wilson last year? Was it Pickett or Alave? I kind of looked at that and I'm like, like I listen, I don't know, like I don't think Pickett's odds that. Uh, you know, long-term are that great, but I do think at some point in the next 12 months, I can put Pickett in a deal. Uh, and, you know, and I, I know that I can get a quarterback upgrade by putting Pickett in a deal with picks and I can move up, you know, at the position. I know that's probably going to be available to me. I'm not certain if I can do that with a wide receiver. Right. So that's kind of the way that I aired again, come to find out I, I could have done that if I had taken Wilson, but it, you right. know, if it's a, if he looks like J, uh, Jahan Dotson, Right. Or if he looks like Traylon Burks, that's probably not the case. Again, they perform. I think that they perform randomly usually. Yeah. So um, so that's kind of the interesting like that's the art versus the science of it. Right. I don't think. And that's why I think there's so many different strategies in Dynasty. Um, I think understanding the probability makes sense. There's sometimes to go against it. Right. But there's sometimes you can really harness it. Um, and that's you know, some of the examples of it. And you make an interesting point because like uh, Garrett Wilson last year was attached to Zach Wilson. Look how quickly that changes, right? I mean, he's going to be yeah, attached right. to Aaron Rodgers, presumably. I mean, talk about like a guy that's going to be out of the league after two years versus the all one of the all-time goats. And in reality football, Aaron Rodgers is still one of the best six or eight quarterbacks in the NFL. I posed this question to a couple people the other day. saying, said, oh, Aaron Rodgers is garbage. He was a down year. I mean, if – Forget fantasy football for a second, Jordan. Mm -hmm. If I was talking about your team is the Buffalo Bills, you love the Bills. Let's say you have to pick for real football for just 2023. What would which quarterback would you prefer to quarterback your team for one year? Aaron Rodgers or Trevor Lawrence? The answer is I'll be taking Rodgers. There you, well, I'll yeah, I mean, it's right, right. for yeah. one year. That's what I'm saying. So right. when you when and now the reason I bring up real football is because that's going to buoy the value of the fantasy production of the, uh, of the wide receivers. And also the question about Kenny Pickett is because even though he's perceived as, you know, QB 20 ish and Garrett Wilson's a top five, top eight dynasty wide receiver. I mean, their points are not going to be that different quarter. A, a bad week for Kenny Pickett is 15 points. 
Uh, mm-hmm. That's an oh, pretty good okay week for Garrett Wilson. I mean, you know, the, you're you're hoping that Pickett, the quarterback, has a floor of like 18, 19 points, whereas that's a, a dynamite week for a wide receiver. So you have to also keep that in mind at the end of the day, in addition to position scarcity, the, the object of the game is to score fantasy points. Now, the trade value and the actual value, I mean, that's a whole different ball game. What the asset actually delivers in points versus what they can garner on the trade market. That's a whole podcast on its own, but I want to circle it back to where we started in the beginning about bust rates and which rookies in this class are most likely to bust. And I don't mean, tell me the names like uh, Jameer Gibbs or Jordan Addison, mm-hmm. but how do we determine that as we go in? So if we think of them as profiles, which you often talk about on your podcast. Um, so we're going to actually take a quick break here, but when we come back, Jordan and I are going to discuss which profiles are more likely to bust in your first round pick and, and how to maneuver around that. We started talking about it, so stick with us through the break. We'll be right back. The 2022 NFL season is over, but fantasy football season never stops at Underdog Fantasy, the easiest place to play fantasy football. Right now, you can draft in Underdog's The Big Board Tournament with $1 million in total prizes and 200000 given to first place. Think you know which incoming rookies will burst onto the scene in 2023? If so, now's your chance to draft them at a value. All you have to do is join The Big Board and draft your fantasy team. That's it. In best ball, there's no waivers, no trades, and you get the best scores in your starting lineup each week all season long. And whoever has the highest scores at the end of the season wins the money. Just head to underdogfantasy.com, the App Store, or Google Play Store. Sign up with the promo code RWNFL. Let me say that again. RWNFL. And not only will you get the first deposit doubled up to $100, we'll also give you a six-month subscription to everything Rotowire has to offer for free. That's Underdog Fantasy, promo code RWNFL. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And we're back. I'm Alan Soslowski of RotoWire.com, along with Jordan McNamara, who everybody loves his podcast uh, on the uh, Football Guys Dynasty Fantasy Football. With uh, Jordan, tell them how real quick before we get into answering our question about bus rates is uh, where can they find your podcast if they're not already listening to it? Yeah, the Football Guys Dynasty Show, so you can get it wherever you get your podcast uh, every. Th- Tuesday night at 9.30. Uh, we're also on YouTube. 9.30 is a, is a loose 
that's loosely defined is 930. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's yeah, the live YouTube version of it. Right? Yeah. But yeah, loosely, loosely defined as 930. It might be a little, uh, a little later, depending on the shenanigans going on. In any right. I mean, like in your last podcast, I mean, it was uh, the two windows there. You weren't even there because you were out I there. showed up late. You. Yeah. Right. <laughs> You're out I there hit yelling the at press your neighbors. play button and then showed up late. Yeah. It's where uh, I went. Too good. All right, Jordan. So, and also everyone, you should follow Jordan as I do on Twitter at analytics of dynasty. Uh, and we'll we'll talk about the the, the amazing rookie, uh, the dynasty building guide, and all that stuff that you have going on at the end of the show. So stay tuned for that. We're talking right now about which rookies are most likely to bust, and we're not getting into specific names um, just yet. So, what are some of the first? You know, you've seen the ADP of what rookies are going in the first round. What type of profiles do you think people have to be ca- careful of? Now, you talked about Jackson Smith and Jigba, right? Mm-hmm. He. He's presumably going to be wide receiver one in this class, meaning drafted. Now, is there a difference that are all first round wide receivers treated the same? Or does it really matter when a receiver goes in the top six, like a Jamar Chase and Jalen Waddell versus Jahan Dotson, who who went in the back part of the round? Or if you're the last pick, I mean, T. Mm -hmm. Higgins was the first pick of the second round. Mm -hmm. And arguably, he's performing like a first round wide receiver. So I guess Mm -hmm. really the question here is what sort of profiles do we need to be careful of? So we don't land on that landmine in the first round. Yeah. You want guys that are productive from a young age in college, right? I mean, that's, that's right. You want first round wide receivers. I mean, his, you know, if your best bets are first round wide receivers that were productive from a young age in college, right? That's why again, Jackson Smith and Jigba checks probably both of those boxes. I think he's going to be a first round wide receiver and he's very productive from a young age in college. So, so does the, that's kind so of, does the combine stuff though matter? Because now you're seeing like, Oh, they didn't, he ran a four five instead of a four, uh, a, a, uh, sorry. A f- yeah. Instead of a four, four. I mean, to me, that stuff seems a little bit arbitrary when you're talking about some of these other characteristics and profile traits that seem to be the most important. Yeah. So I think, I think the easiest way to think about this is the combine matters in the sense of when you get drafted. Okay. Mm. So a guy that runs right. The, the average speed of a first round wide receiver is higher than it is for a third round guy. Right. Um, yeah, it doesn't right that that makes sense, right? Henry Ruggs is gonna go earlier if he runs, you know, whatever he four sub four three five, whatever he ran, than if he ran, you know, four five one, right? We're gonna look at him differently. The NFL is gonna look at him differently. He got propped up because of his speed. Um that that determines where you go in the NFL draft, right? What it does not do is once you're once you take where you went in the NFL draft, it doesn't it doesn't differentiate differentiate between those guys. So for example, if there's uh, one guy in the first round of the NFL draft that runs, you know, four, three, two, and there's another guy that runs four, five, two, that historically hasn't been predictive. So it has predicted where you go in the NFL draft. It is not predicted once you've gone there success amongst that round. So I think that that's, um, you know, that if you, so if you're looking for guys to go high, right, you know, kind of keeping an eye on pro days and those sorts of things, right? I think that will have an impact on where they go. But once they go there, it doesn't uh, it doesn't differentiate between those guys, if that makes sense. Yes, it does. So the combine leads to the draft capital, and then draft capital is what we ultimately – draft capital has everything baked into the cake is what you're more or less saying here, is that yep. there's so many of these other factors from the college tape to the uh, combine analytics, to you know, the, to just basic scouting and, and data, and that's why draft capital is so powerful because that is the that is the betting line. That is what Vegas puts on the board as the final product, the the baked fully formed cake. So, other than I, I like what you said earlier, it's eye opening to me. Instead of picking a wide receiver, just taking the one that comes to you, trading back is generally good philosophy. What do you think is the number one mistake that most even experienced dynasty drafters make in their rookie drafts? Because, you know, we, dynasty players aren't just in one or two drafts. They're in 10, they're in 20, or in my case, 40. Uh, sickening. So when these, dra- when these drafts are coming out like a fire hose here and you're having to pick, mm-hmm. what do you think the number one mistake is that most people make? Betting on situation. Mm. Um, you know, and and – Right. We've seen that pretty consistently. Right. That's that's, uh, you know, a guy like Amon Ross St. Brown, for example, didn't look like he was in a particularly good situation and then has been dominant. Um, you know, and then you compare it to a guy like Michael Hardman, who everyone loved his situation and 
it hasn't isn't that good right he's just not that good so um you know i think we uh, we if there's anything about this that that we are bad at right the thing that maybe we are most bad at is projecting situation and not only projecting situation projecting the impact that that has on specific players it's very difficult um it's very very difficult and just understand so with that i think the key the mindset that i always take into these things is i don't know Right. I don't, I'm going to try and make the best probability bet that I can, right? If I can make two bets that are the same probability as one bet, I'm going to try and do that, right? That makes a lot of sense. Um, and, you know, and sometimes that even means let's trade this, this pick for a, a useful upgrade at another position, right? Those sorts of things. Um, more and more as I play this, I'm becoming less and less. Uh, it's like the Donning Kruger effect, you know, the, where you sort of get into the valley where you don't know anything, <laughs> where you, you actually do know a lot, but you, you don't think you know that much. Um, that's kind of where I, I uh, spend a lot of time with the draft because, I, you know, the, a lot of what we know doesn't necessarily carry over. And it's, it can, it's a really, really hard topic. So I'm not trying to be Johnny Raincloud and saying don't pick your favorite players, but just understand that the, the probabilities aren't that high. And, you know, if you can make two bets at the price of one, do it. Right, I think uh, Johnny Rain, probably yeah. Johnny Raincloud is sunshine in this pocket. I like to throw cold water on the, you know, on people's enthusiasm in dynasty because it's probably not going to work out for you. You know, I mean, right. you're probably going to lose your dynasty league. You're probably going to pick the wrong player, and that's really that's why, uh, you know, t- YouTube videos and podcasts that talk about bus are interesting because people it makes people uncomfortable. And when you talk about first round picks, I mean. I know pick 1.1 and 1.12 are totally different, but when you when you mix the whole soup together, what is the what is the percentage chance if you had to throw a number on it that your first round pick is going to not work out for you? Uh, the first round pick of a of a of a rookie flex. of a rookie yeah rookie super yeah. flex draft about forty <laughs> percent. I love it. About forty percent. Yeah. Then the first three years. So I measure that just by the hit rate of the guys in the first three years. Um, It's a little bit more complicated historically because of the the quarterbacks and we don't have great historical ADP for super flex. I've kind of adjusted for that. I would say the odds that you hit on someone with a random first round rookie picks about 60%. It's about 60, 30, and then 10 would sort of be how I'd think about it. 60 and 30 is for the second round, 30, 30 in the second round and about 10 to 15% in the third round. Right. Well, that's why when you're in these startup drafts and people are throwing around third round picks instead of, hey, I'll give you a third round pick for, uh, you know, just random veteran, uh, Samaje Pirine, you're taking Pirine every single time there because that fits what we talked about in the beginning, where Pirine, even probably more so this year as the Denver running back and Javante Williams probably not going to be 100 percent for the first you know, half of the season, but even P Ryan in his, his previous situation is a better bet to be someone you could use in your, in your fantasy lineup uh, during the current season plus one. And the uh, oh, you, people think 40%. Okay. 40%. That's not so bad. You know, that's 60, 40. I'll take that bet. But you know, a colleague of mine, Chris list says, would you get on an airplane that had a 40% chance to crash? No, you would think that was a hard, <laughs> those are horrible odds. Right. You know, you wouldn't yeah. get on the 1% airplane, right? You, if you knew right. one of every hundred airplanes was falling out of the sky, you would just never fly. Right. 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 So that's why the hell? true. <laughs> right. So why right. are you going to get on if four of every 10 airplanes is falling out of the sky? There's no way you're getting on that. Obviously, that's an exaggeration for clarification. But, you know, that that is simply how we do it. So. All right. So pick one point one this year. B. John Robinson. Obviously, every situation needs to be taken in its own, you know, its own year, its own context. Let's say B. John Robinson goes to a situation that we don't love, like New England Patriots. Like that's been mocked around and you know that's not an optimal situation do you think so how how are you going to look at that is that like you know the one point should someone right now basically trade out of that pick knowing one that there is a significant bus rate of, of rookies in general and two that he can land in a bad situation which you just said to ignore so i guess really what i'm asking you here is for dynasty players that that still hold this golden ticket this 1.1 is the correct way to hold it and roll the dice or is it to get whatever proven assets and value can right now? Um, with one one you're taking B. John Robinson would be my take. Um, I don't, the situation I don't think matters. Um, by the way, I saw that he was recently mocked to the Patriots. So I actually went, there's this website called grinding the mocks and it aggregates mock draft data. Mm-hmm. Um, and I forget who did this. 
it was like Daniel Jeremiah. It was someone really famous that that put him there. And I was like, oh my god, is this a is this a is this is this a sign? Is this a sign? It's like the only mock draft that has mocked them yeah. to take Bijan Robinson. Like literally the only one, right? Like, I mean, it was a very, I, there may have been two, but it's a very, I, I don't think it's a particularly high likelihood he goes there. And actually off of that mock draft, I've been buying Ramondre Stevenson. So for what, mm. just is that caveat. Um, when you look like his, his draft, like his odds, I think of going eight, nine or 10 are really high, right? If you look at a lot of the mock drafts, like they're sort of right in that line. Um, and so I think that that's, especially eight. recently, like that is kind so of cool us there. Eight, Atlanta at eight is the one that that's fascinating to me because right because it makes total sense there because Tyler yeah. Algier everyone's jumping up and down that he's dodged free agency but that's bad because that could that's only bad, mean one yeah. thing that they're right. that a run first right. Derrick Henry centric coach who had Derrick Henry on his team uh, it, when he was with the Titans is now with the Atlanta Falcons is looking for that next Derrick Henry if we you know. It, it, Basically, Bijan Robinson. There's nobody that doesn't think that this is the instantaneous best running back in the class, and certainly, and for Dynasty, he's the RB one in in many circles. That just makes too much sense, doesn't it? Yeah, and like Ooh. the the one of the other things too is like it's funny because you use the hey he dodged free agency. Like I actually think Devin Singletary uh, landing with Houston actually helps Damian Pierce, right? Right, I think D- Damian Harris landing in Buffalo actually helps, helps James Cook. I think the lack of someone landing l- like that, who Algier, who a team could say, okay, listen, now we we have a, a a sufficient depth chart. Algier can win that battle, right? I actually think that there's a missing piece there that if it's Bijan Robinson, and the odds of that happening are actually pretty high historically. Like the odds of of Atlanta drafting someone with a higher pick than they spent on Tyler Algier last year is like 38% historically, hmm. which is really high. Like when you look at these things, like that is a really, and the odds that Buffalo were to draft someone ahead of James Cook is like 4%, right? So it's just the massive difference in those guys, I think is it's notable. Like there's a lot of risk on that side of it as well. And sort of understanding that I call that the threat rate, the draft threat rate. Um, and so that's something I think you can use to harness as well. So, um, but yeah, going back to, um, uh, going back to uh, B. John Robinson for a second, like I think basically wherever he goes, he's going to be the best player, um, uh, you know, in that backfield. Right. I don't think a team's going to take a team with a better running back, you know, or uh, arguably better running back than him. You know, someone in the same conversation as him, isn't going to take him. It's probably the, the easiest thing to, to take from that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think almost no matter where he goes, I'm interested um, in ch- situation changes, you know, uh, a couple of years ago, I, I traded for Tyreek Hill. Uh, and so that way I had Mahomes and Hill in a stack. Right? I actually had Mahomes and Hill. And then I had Allen and Diggs, right? The four of them on one team. And I was like, this is great for the next three years. This is going to be amazing. And he was gone, right? Like those situations can change really rapidly. You know, we've seen coaches. We, I mean, Kingsbury was extended and then fired, right? Like we, we, we don't know at all like the coaching you know the well, stuff that's going on with the coaching so those things can really change quarterbacks can change all those things can really change really quickly so i don't i think sort of um you know taking a step away from situation yeah you know, just sort of treat treat most of them as neutral i think is probably your better bet yeah and everyone and that's contrary that's- by the way it's very different than than but that's that's different, and I think like if you want to differentiate yourself, don't react to situation as much as the market does, and you'll you'll find value that way. Yeah, I mean you're you're talking uh, in for me. This is this is my philosophy: is that you, you how we we are so bad as a, a fantasy industry predicting what's going to happen in the current year. How the hell are you going to predict what's going to happen three years from now? I always hear, oh yeah, this player will be great for you for ten years. We could all be dead in ten years, Jordan. It right. just you know your fantasy league may not survive four or five years, so. Uh, and also, I remember the same situation when C.D. Lamb was drafted. People were like, oh, Amari Cooper's there. He's blocking him. I mean, a, a year and right. a half later, one, Lamb is good, and two, Amari Cooper's no longer there. I mean, that was Absolutely. the reason why. Yeah, so the the situation. And we also saw um, our friend John in the chat was talking about, uh, you know, don't one of the biggest mistakes are people draft for positional need. He brought up the example of some in some dynasty um, rookie drafts, people were taking Keyshawn Vaughn. Uh, over Justin Jefferson, that was, uh, oof, man, that's a catastrophic one as well. So, yeah. yeah, I would say that in any dynasty format, 
I mean, I guess that could be a tiebreaker position, right? You could have a, if you're looking at Justin Fields versus Jamar Chase in hindsight now, obviously, and mm-hmm. one, if you're loaded at quarterback, you could take the wide receiver. So very specific maybe as a tiebreaker, but overall, yes, take the best player. You'll be able to, you know, trade out of that to get some value as well. Um, yeah. The, so we were talking about bus rates. I, I know you just, you know, you're now you're into your deep into your rookies. Now people like the specific name. So, which one of by rookie ADP? This is how we'll finish it out, Jordan. Is which one of them is most likely in your judgment before landing spot? Everything can change. So if you're watching this after the NFL draft or listening after the NFL draft, things will change. But which one of the profiles, as you see it now, is or a few of the guys that are a little bit scary to you as far as um, where they're going versus what they could produce for your dynasty team? Yeah, I mean, I think Anthony. Well, I think the the young quarterbacks in general, like I just, I use a site called keep trade cut. This uh, is basically a crowdsourced valuation tool. Uh, CJ Stroud at quarterback nine, Bryce Young at quarterback 10 and Anthony Richardson at quarterback 14 uh, of overall dynasty quarterbacks. Those are too high, right? That's, that's, I think, you know, of, of, if you're sort of looking for bus rates, if you're trying to understand, you know, risk, those are too high. Uh, historically they're, they're just way too high. And so, you know, the, that's over guys like Deshaun Watson. That's over guys like uh, Dak Prescott. Like there's just, those are, those, they're just way too high. Okay. And so my first thought is, okay, if, I, if instead of taking one of these rookies, am I going to take, can I trade that pick for a veteran at one of those premium positions? Right. That's the first thing I think about um, before I, before I start to, um, to click on those. Cause I think they're overvalued versus the veterans there. So that's number one. Um, if you're just looking, if you're going to try and um, look just at rookies, I mean, Anthony Richardson is fascinating. And again, I don't know what dynasty is going to do with him right, right now. He's sort of sitting in at quarterback three range. I mean, I, I think I'm of this class, right? If I'm sitting there at one Oh five, one Oh four, one Oh six, somewhere in that range. And he's available to me. I think that's pretty interesting. Um, if I'm going to have to take him at one Oh two, I'm pretty scared. Right. right. Um, that that's a, because he's got, he basically has, a lot of the stuff that we really like in terms of he can run, um, he avoids sacks at a really good rate. Like I think that'll get him on the field and keep him on the field early in his NFL career, uh, which will help us for fantasy. Um, but right. There's a lot of accuracy issues. We don't know what he is as a passer. He started like he's played like 13 games in his career. I actually, when I was uh, inputting his data into my system, it wouldn't, it wouldn't load it. And I was like, what? I'm like, what is wrong? I, I didn't misspell his name. I'm like looking at the whole thing. And I realized that I had a, a career threshold of uh, 500 dropbacks set on all the stats. Mm. And he wasn't showing up because he's got like 300 and something, right? Like, uh, so that was, so again, that's, there's a lot of risk there, right? That you have to understand that. But again, I think the ceiling's pretty high. But if you're making that bet at two, it feels a lot different than if you're making the bet at five. Right? Can I, I just want to, I want to interject sure. for a second because I had this argument uh, on the Sonic Truth podcast with, uh, with Theo the other day. I said, you don't need to hit a home run with your pick it's okay to hit a double i mean a triple would be great but i said in your dynasty we get one crack we get one pick every year it's okay to hit a double and his argument was no you want to hit the home run at pick 102 see that's where i think you're making the point where i was thinking like i'd rather have stroud if he is the first quarterback off the board and starting right away for the panthers versus say the raiders or someone that has a like a contracted quarterback takes anthony richardson even though we all know anthony richardson's fantasy football ceiling is through the roof but i'm okay hitting the doubles if i can pump these guys into my lineup yeah and i I think the question there is like what are you trying to accomplish right like for me like if you're if your goal is to say okay i need to draft someone that I that my and when i draft them my hope is that they develop into a top five dynasty option a top five dynasty quarterback. Stroud probably doesn't have that in his back, right? Bryce Young probably doesn't have that in his back. That is in Anthony Richardson's back. Okay. The problem is his average and his median are lower, right? So the odds that they are top, you know, 12 guys, right? I think it's probably higher for Stroud. It's probably higher for uh, Young. They're already there. You know what I mean? Like those guys are already there in terms of dynasty valuation where Richardson's not right. So, so that's an easy one on that front. Um, I look at it more of, again, this is more Jordan of, you know, Jordan from five years ago wouldn't recognize Jordan from now because they, again, understanding odds, understanding how much the miss rate is kind of understanding, you know, quarterbacks that have multiple hits, 
right? Quarterbacks that if, if you're looking at guys uh, right next to each other in ADP. So you, again, I use in that range, like Dak Prescott and Sean Watson, right? Historically, if their ADPs are, are really close um, and you have guys that have hit multiple times versus guys that have not hit at all, the guy that has hit multiple times uh, is a so far of a better bet. Like it's a, it's an astronomically better bet, right? It's exponentially better in terms of the bet. It's an enormously uh, a huge advantage to take the guy that's had multiple hits. Right. So I think pricing those in your rookie draft is like, all right, are you going to take Stroud? Are you going to try and trade that pick and turn that into the veteran, the corresponding veteran in the range? Like that's the play. Um, and that's kind of why I would say, you know, you take if you can't make that deal right now, that deal will probably come to you. Right. That deal will be available to you if you take Stroud, if you take one of those guys. I'm more looking at them in the sense of like, all right, I want to sort of trade. I want them to be a piece of the main piece of a trade package that I put together as opposed to I'm trying to hit at 102 with, you know, qu- quarterback, a top five dynasty quarterback. I think that's a unlikely bet um and so i i understand theo's argument on that i just i would come at it a different uh, you know i'd come at it a different way i mean we talked about this i mean you you were uh, we were just discussing this on twitter yesterday about how i turned to sean watson and if you actually looked at the arc of how Wait, let's, let's give everyone context so sure, sure. you trade so i'm gonna say uh, you traded for josh allen Yep. Right. And you gave up in a super flex league and double mm-hmm. tight end premium, meaning tight ends get double points for their catches. Yep. Dallas Goddard, mm-hmm. uh, Deshaun Watson, and a 24 random first. Call it pick six, whatever. It doesn't matter. Correct. So, Correct. you know, and I was surprised that the bet that the, the polling was 50 50 ish, right? What did it end up at? Was it close to 50 It was 50 50. It's the last I checked, it was 50 50. Yeah. What do you think so, the polling would be, by the way? I thought the polling would be uh, 70. Uh, sorry. Uh, yeah, but uh, you know what? Now that my first thought was 70, mm-hmm. 30 Watson, but I, but through talking to people about the Sean Watson value and Superflex, I, nine out of 10 people told me they think, oh, he's, he's basically not what he once was. So that made sense to me since most of the market thinks that, that the, the peep that 50% was on the Josh Allen side. So my initial thought was 70, 30 to the Watson side, but I, I love what you always talk about with elite players tend to stay elite. And Deshaun Watson is an elite quarterback. He just was in a, a crazy situation last year. So, um, yeah. So, yeah, I, I, yeah, I'm with you. Like I was, a, I was a big buyer of Deshaun Watson again, for a lot of the reasons that we talked about, like, this is a really good, this is a really good comp to that. Right. I was spending picks that were around the Mac Jones range of that draft class, which would have been what, two years ago. Um, yeah. And I was trading them for Watson, right? I was using, I was sort of, yeah, 108, 107. Right? There's multiple of those that I had and I was trading them for Watson because I said, I can sit on Watson. Right? I know that when he plays, he's, there's a really good chance that he's good. And this is a clear chance that he's going to rebound, right? I think that this is the lowest that I'll probably ever be able to pay for him, right? Until, until his end of his career. That was, that was my approach. And so I bought in low on them. You know, I, I traded in that particular league. I traded cousins and Ramondre Stevenson for Watson, right? Like uh, 18 months ago or something like that, Mm -hmm. you know, when he wasn't playing, but I, it was like right at the trade deadline. I was contending, but I didn't need cousins, right? I had other court. He was my quarterback three. I said, let's consolidate this right now. Um, And so that's kind of where that stemmed from. Um, Right. To me, sort of making that bet, right. I was sort of doing the same thing where like, I'm not certain, right. I think that Watson was, was very uh, cheaply priced. Right. I don't know right now. Right. I think he's going to bounce back, but I know Josh Allen's elite. Right. I don't have to worry. Right. The, the, the only way that I really lose this deal bad is Josh Allen getting injured. Right. I might lose well, yeah, the but deal. That's either side. Right. Though. We're not, and yeah, I'm we're not, not going gonna... to. Right. And I'm, and so I don't really worry about that. So the only way that I sort of, I view losing that deal is, is if that happens. And again, I don't, it's not something I'm going to necessarily worry about. Mm. Um, I, it would, ha- it would have to take Watson, uh, to go absolutely crazy. I don't think Goddard, ha- like, I really like Dallas Goddard. And I don't, I think we, we, don't appreciate how old he is. He's actually older than Mark Andrews. And I don't think people right. appreciate that. Was he 28? Um, yeah. And so again, he, again, I really like him, but he hasn't shown that he can really get all the way home to be a tight end one, the tight end one, which is really the, the differentiating factor. Um, and the first, like I have Josh Allen. Um, I know the quality of that team. I didn't put it in there, but that team, 
I made Josh Allen. I made the trade for Josh Allen because I want to go back to back. That's the reason why I made the trade for Josh Allen. Um, I won one, right? There's a dynasty pot on the line. If I can win one again, right? It's a lot of money, right? I'm, I'm pushing, you know. Is it one of those empire leagues where yeah, the back, the yeah, back yeah, at you? Yeah, it's like a four-figure payout. Like, it's a big, <laughs> it's not a, right? I am, I am absolutely being aggressive on leaning into that. But that's why I made the deal, right? Like, yeah. again, I'm trying to eliminate risk. I'm trying to eliminate uh, also, downside. Yeah. Jordan, the reason I asked you is who else do you have a tight end? And in that particular deal, giving it's okay to quote, even even though you think, and I you made a great case why the deal is in your favor, but even if I think you, quote, lost the deal, um, which I don't, I just said, like, which side I prefer, is because you were so deep at tight end. You collected good tight ends. You have Evan Ingram. You had Pat Fryermuth. And when you, it's okay to, quote, and lose Andrews. a deal. Right, and this is a, a dynasty philosophy of mine. I don't mind losing a trade to make my team better. Right. I think that that people have to remember. So if you're giving up 52% value for 48% value, but you're actually upgrading a significant part of your starting lineup. And obviously the upside of winning the four figure pot is mm-hmm. even makes it more enticing. I mm-hmm. think that's okay. I think that people get so caught up in winning the micro deal that they forget that it's all about making your team better. It's okay to leak value to mm-hmm. upgrade a specific spot in your lineup. Elite players matter more than depth does. Right. And this is a classic case of that. Um, just, I mean, I use a lot of stuff from other sports too. Like, I, I don't know if the NFL is necessarily the greatest example of this because you got a lot of other positions and stuff, but I think the NBA is a really good proxy for dynasty. Mm. And you look like, you know, the, the Suns traded like a lot. They traded, it was one of the biggest trade packages ever conceived of the, what, what they traded for Kevin, or Kevin Durant. But you want to know what? Their probability to win a championship went way up. Yeah. Right. They overpaid, but you know what? It, what matters is all of those pieces and they're really good pieces. All of those pieces didn't matter nearly as much as Kevin Durant does when it matters. Right. And that's the thing that I look at and I think about like, all right, I'm constantly trying to figure out an elite, elite players, you know, in my, in my tier, uh, in my, uh, in my team building guide, I lay out what I call a hierarchy of assets and it's, uh, I, I have, um, different tiers of players that are basically kind of like they're, they're bit different profile type bets across positions. I try to get some odds into it. So that way it kind of gives you an idea. I kind of had to balance players and stuff like that. Um, you know, basically who matters, right. It's kind of on, it's a, it's putting it basically, you know, the, the guys that are going to have an impact, you know, the, a similar impact across positions and the top, I have a, the top tier supermax quarterbacks. And then the next tier is this is the star assets. Supermax, I call them star right. assets. Mm-hmm. And there's, there's 30 of them. I counted today. There's 30 um, total. And, you know, if I can get four or five of them, right, it doesn't – and if I get two Supermax quarterbacks and two other guys that are in that top 30 that aren't quarterbacks, right, especially if they're like tight ends in a tight end premium league, good luck, right? Like, good – good. and again, like this – the odds, like those guys are really going to move the needle. And then, you know, uh, lineup spots 7 through 10, they're pretty right. close. Like, they're, You're making really- – uh- you're, this makes sense also because I, I'm in a league where I have um, two super max uh, quarterbacks. I love that you use the basketball terminology there. Mm-hmm. I have Jalen Hurts and Josh Allen. So my floor is already – is Jalen Hurts in your super max category? Once he signs his extension, he'll get in. Yeah, let's assume he's got three years of protection. Yes? Yep. Yes. Okay, so I have those two guys. I have a few guys in that star 30. I have like Cooper Cup and one other. And then mm-hmm. you're right, the rest of my lineup, I'm always piecing it together with like a Brandon Ayuk one week and, mm-hmm. you know – uh, Tyler Boyd when Jamar Chase is out another week and you're right those parts of the lineup don't exactly matter uh dude I could talk this stuff all day I love it I love listening yeah. to you I, and so I, let me give you a, a quick plug Jordan's not here for his health he's here to promote his dynasty I'm team here to building. hang out with you what are you kidding my health I'm here <laughs> to hang out with you I appreciate that. You know how much I, I love you, Jordan. And I enjoy for, I'm here for my mental health. That's what I'm here for. <laughs> well, we, if people saw how uh, how on fire you were about, uh, you know, the, the, a little car fender bender that you had right before they would realize that this is your I didn't zen, even have right? it. It's the worst part. I know. You're it just involved in car. it. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it. DM Jordan on Twitter if you want the details. He'll, he'll give you the details of all of that uh, later. But I want everyone to go to uh, the analyticsofdynasty.com slash shop. Okay, and that's where you get Jordan's team building guide. If you love dynasty fantasy football, you basically have to belong to this, right? I mean, Jordan, if you like getting into the nuances, not just hey, pick this player, 
Jordan will actually make you a better dynasty fantasy football player, teaching you about profiles, how to detect busts, all these things. So go over there, follow him at McNamara Dynasty, as I do. And also, you could see Jordan's podcast on YouTube every Tuesday night or uh, in your wherever you get your podcasts. It's the Football Guys Dynasty Show. It's appointment television for me. Uh, for right now, if you want to uh, check out Rotowire for free, unlock our paywall, go to rotowire.com uh, slash pod. And also, you can hear Jordan on the Dynasty Hour with yours truly right here on SiriusXM. Right now, if you go to if you have SiriusXM, go to the app and type in the Dynasty Hour. Jordan appears on one of those episodes, and hopefully, we'll be able to pick that up in a couple weeks and do a few more fresh shows. Uh, anything else that I missed here, Jordan? That they should be checking out on? Well, just because this was so good for my uh, my my general overall uh, health and experience and my outlook on the day, uh, use the promo code Allen for uh, 10% off over at the uh, over at Alex Dynasty on the uh, Dynasty team building guide. A L A N or like Josh Allen, A L L E. No, like your name. Like name it after you. <laughs> so Allen, A L A N. Hopefully at least yeah. one person goes over and so so and how much is the guide normally full detail? Uh, it's third it's 39.99 but it'll get you 4 bucks off and then okay. uh, it'll get you all and and you know I think it pays for itself. So I uh, I agree. You'll, and also you'll they profit have- from it. Yeah, and they you have access to you. I mean, someone that's a member, if they you're more likely to engage with their. I mean, I know you try to answer everyone's questions on social media, but mm-hmm. if you are a member, it, it's almost like having a, a private tutor. You know, I mean, it's not just hey, should I trade Cooper Cup for this player? He'll give you the why. It's not just the what; it's the why. Uh, mm-hmm. So you certainly want to go over there and check that out. Use promo code Allen A L A N at the analytics of Dynasty dot com uh, slash shop. Right, that's where they get that, mm-hmm. and. Every uh, Friday, we'll be back with another Dynasty Fantasy Football podcast. If you have any questions about any of the players or strategies that we talked about today, you can uh, DM Jordan. You can DM myself at Alan Sislowski. And all right, everybody, any, uh, anything else? That, you know what? Let me give you one final question here, Jordan, because mm-hmm. you share a mindset like I do about buying veteran players in rookie mm-hmm. season here. Who's one or two players, one running back and one wide receiver that in the veteran market that if you're in a win now mode, or even if you're just kind of like trying to build your team up, that you're willing to get rid of some of those late rookie picks for pick nine, pick through pick twelve. Uh, who's a veteran you're targeting right now? Um, I think you can get him for a little bit cheaper than that, David Montgomery. Um, and then I also think you can get him for a little bit cheaper than that, Deontay Johnson. Deontay Johnson, I think you can. David Montgomery, I think the hype is already starting to start is starting because he started at RB thirty four. And I already see his uh, underdog best ball price, which is, you know, the, the current think yeah. is up to 27. And right now in Dynasty, would you rather have Montgomery or DeAndre Swift? That's a Dynasty. fascinating question. I think the answer is Swift, but it wouldn't shock me if, if in six months from now the answer is the other way around. Right. Like, well, their ADPs are converging. DeAndre Swift is, is RB19 in, in redraft, and yeah. Montgomery's 27, but those ADPs are converging. So... Yeah, I mean that I, I I'm predicting by draft season by Labor Day that those ADPs will be back to back or they'll flip. So, yeah, all right, buddy. Yeah, I think that's uh, I think that's a fair bet. All right, go get uh, Deontay Johnson and David Montgomery. I like both those picks. We'll see you next week with another Dynasty Fantasy Football Podcast. Noise, noise, the sun goes down.